Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? Well, today I am drinking a green rooibos blueberry tea by, well, not really tea, I know, by uh, Adagio. And it's caffeine-free. It's sort of a fruity, earthy kind of drink. It's just delightful. What about you? Well, I've got a also a green tea, but this is an actual green tea. Uh, it's a gunpowder green tea from Numi Teas that's uh, based here in California. Normally, gunpowder teas I get loose leaf, but this one is in a tea bag and it doesn't really take away from the taste. It's actually quite good. That's um, rare. Yeah, I found it at a hotel recently and snagged a couple of bags for myself because <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to find it again. Good call. Good call. So, Zana, remind me and remind our listeners what I assigned you to read this month. This month, you gave me to read The Chameleon Effect by Joe Arden. And I believe you said that this is Joe's, Joe Arden's first solo writing. Is that That's correct? That's right. Okay. Well, it's it's really hard to tell because it was really well done and entertaining without being overly indulgent. In this, it was... the So the protagonist of this book is Will O'Connell. And he's a struggling actor who can't seem to stand out in the crowded punk space. So apparently there's just, I want to go to this place, right? So there's this place where there's nothing but insanely good looking men. Uh, and I believe just, that's called Los Angeles. Is it? Maybe I don't want yeah. to go there. Never mind. <laughs> that's, that's where I they all congregate, apparently. I take that back. All right. So, <laughs> but he has trouble getting jobs as himself. And so when he's visiting his well-to-do brother and, and his brother's family, his sister-in-law suggests that he reinvent himself somewhat by pretending to be Irish. And I, and I, I don't know why Irish. I guess maybe that he just has a really, you know, a solid Irish accent. That seems to be what it is here. And, and so Will has a talent for accents in general. But eventually he's like, eh, I'm not sure that's such a great idea. But then he's like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Dun, dun, dun. Right. So <laughs> Will becomes Liam O'Connell, at least professionally. It's Will or it's Liam and it's still sure. Will. And that's what he sort of talks himself into about this, too. It's like, well, I'm still me and Liam's part of my name. This works. This is perfectly fine. But the whole idea works immediately and somewhat unbelievably because I'm not sure that it would work. Like, I want to just give a message out to all of those hunks in, in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Might not work for you. <laughs> I think if you've got the talent to begin with, that what it was was that yeah. He did something that separated him from the pack. Okay, that's know? true. You know, that, that uh, I is... Think, I think the perception, well, to me anyway, when I was reading it, it was the perception in Hollywood is that it's someone from somewhere else. I think, I, I think his character's from Ohio originally. Right. But someone from right. somewhere else is automatically exotic, is automatically this... A perception also that an American accent is difficult to replicate for someone who is from somewhere else. So the fact that he could, you know, as an Irishman, quote unquote, uh, and 
come and Suddenly pull off turn this American accent, you know, American. that was that, that was very middle American. Oh, and he's also talented. Will was talented to begin with, but true, true. But it wasn't an he wasn't enough just on his own to set him apart in that way. Right. Or at least he so, hadn't been so far. Yeah. And, and I think it's, and I think it's just sort of the same thing of, it's a little more of an obvious thing for, for auditions and that sort of thing, but it's no different really than a job interview where you have an equally impressive resume as the next person. So right. what do you do to call attention to yourself? And, right. you know, in Hollywood, they've just got to work a bit harder at it. Yeah. Because there's so, so many of them. There's so many hunks in Hollywood, you know, they're all good. That's what I hear. It's like a sea, a sea of hunks. Yeah. That's that's what I'm envisioning here. (laughs) I, you know, I grew up in Southern California area. I don't know that I noticed that so much, but, you know, I wasn't, I didn't also spend a lot of time in, in Hollywood or Los Angeles proper. So, you know, maybe. Maybe I just couldn't find where, you know, where they all hung out, but right. <laughs> LA has always been an image conscious city, you know, and how you look is very important. So that, that doesn't, that doesn't ring at all false to me that, that, you know, it's how he perceives it. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense. And, and since it's the entire premise of the book, we'll allow it. Yeah, um. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So on his first role, he gets, he's sent to wardrobe where he meets this sassy, cool costume designer, Raven Locke. Why do romance characters have ridiculous names? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I do think that Raven Locke's name is a bit tongue in cheek. I feel like it's done on purpose. I mean, this goth girl with gorgeous black hair and pale skin and, you know, I guess Snow White was already taken, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and snow white you know in la connotates something else <laughs> oh you know i didn't think about that i that yeah. had not crossed my mind okay see Which is also the something that there's a lot of in la apparently that's the midwesterner in me <laughs> and also southerner because i'm now a southerner so yeah okay well let me the california girl school you on all of this stuff Zana. <laughs> yeah where i'm from it's all meth <laughs> In any case, so these two meet, and of course, Raven thinks that Will is Liam, because that's how he's introduced, and he thinks he's Irish. And, you know, she finds this very, very alluring. And I'm sure she probably found him also alluring. But they begin sort of slowly a relationship based on this lie or not, it wasn't just based on the lie. In fact, Will goes out of his way to make sure that he lies as little as possible to her in a way. So he's not drawing a huge amount of attention to the Irish thing and trying to get to know her with things he actually really loves and not, you know, just putting completely a different persona. And I think that. That is very sweet in a way, but it's also, of course, heading for disaster. Well, yeah, because you you start off the relationship with a lie. I mean, 
you know, there's, there's lying on your first date and then there's, there's lying about, well, your name, where you're from, who you are, you know, yeah, it's a whole other big thing, but uh, uh, sad to say, because this is always a thing that bothers me. It's, it's a, it's a trope that's used often. It is. Um, And it's how they deal with the repercussions of, you know, once, because they always find out and how they deal with the repercussions of the lie um, Mm -hmm. and how long it takes them to get back into that other person's good graces. I always think that that has to be equal to the, the size of the lie. Right. You know, in Will Liam's case, (laughs) I, I mean, I see that he did make the attempts to tell her the truth a few times, but it was always something that prevented it and or time or whatever. By the time you get into a relationship where you really consider that I have feelings for this person and I care about them enough to want to continue to pursue this relationship, if you have held something back or lied to somebody that's a huge you're already kind of so far into it that it's it's going to be bad telling them no matter what it's going to be painful they do pursue this relationship and and it just seems like sort of comedy of errors keeps happening to prevent him from telling her the truth it's like i'm ready i'm gonna do it i'm psyched here comes the ex-boyfriend oh dang it yeah, so <laughs> miss my shot. Okay, now she's upset. I don't want to make her more upset. You know, uh, the last thing I want her to be is upset because so let's not pile on. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it on the drive back. She fell asleep. Ah, all right. So then they end up being separated. Not in a bad yeah. way. So he, he gets, he gets a, a movie role that he can't pass up. And has to go out on location and be away to idaho wasn't it yeah yeah that was a funny thing it's idaho no it was idaho it was idaho yeah yeah. and he's and the character he's playing has to have a sort of flat middle american accent which you know he just uses his natural voice right makes it easy (laughs) and nice and easy um but he has except for he keeps continue yeah. Yeah, to continue to say, you know, things with the Irish accent when he's talking to different people, which mm-hmm. see, here's the thing about lying, everybody, is that if you have a bad memory at all, just be honest with everybody because you're never gonna be able to keep all of that straight. See, I'm too lazy to lie. I'm just <laughs> I can't my, my memory is my memory is too poor. I wouldn't remember who I had said what, when, and well, I even when I've said the truth, I don't always remember that. And so people will be like, "Do you remember when you said this?" No, I don't. No. I don't listen when I speak. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember, you know, conversations exactly. So, like, I can't quote somebody back to them. So, no. which is. Which is sadly is something I've never been able to use as an argument for somebody. Do you remember five years ago and you said this thing? I I wouldn't remember that conversation. So no, I would never say What's it. aggravating to me is that my immediate family is very good at that. 
and they throw things at me all the time and I'm like I got Same. nothing so um did you did you eyeball read this book or did you listen to the audio as well I did both Excellent. um I started and who is the audiobook narrator for this the audiobook narrator for this is Mr. Joe Arden so author who's also the author narrator I must say I have written I have listened to other author read books in the past and this is probably one of the best of the author read books i've heard do you think that's because it, he's a professional yeah, narrator i think it's a hundred percent because he's a professional narrator because and also i feel like a lot of the book was written with him being able to narrate it in mind it's it's definitely plays to his strength um that doesn't mean it's bad in any way it, it's it just it's something that was I was sort of cognizant of even when I started eyeball reading it. I could still, and maybe it's because I started by listening. I started listening and then I was in a place that I couldn't reasonably listen to it, but I could read. And so I pulled it up on my e-reader and I read, eyeball read it and ended up reading a good chunk more of it, eyeball reading it. And then there were parts that I was like, missed out on all of the sex scenes when he's when he spoke them so i need to go back and reread <laughs> yeah, with my ears have to go back to what the what he what the man is famous for for goodness i sake. mean you know when in rome yeah <laughs> on the on the audiobook there is some additional information at the end including a blooper Real the bloopers with, are fantastic. The they bloopers are, so are fantastic. Fun. And even as a professional narrator, he wrote some things that he himself couldn't say. Yes. So it wasn't always that's you know, true. It wasn't it's, always that's a thing. True. But, and you could tell when you listen to the bloopers, he's like, God, why did I say it that way? <laughs> Didn't mean to say it that way. But I have to say, one of my favorite parts of the audiobook itself is his acknowledgments and thank yous at the end yes you know yeah, that he, was lovely he <laughs> he thanked the authors of romance landia and 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 if i can quote him here he said i am just a jester in in a court of queens and yeah i like that that was nice yeah that was that was beautiful and it wasn't you could tell his sincerity when he's talking about it when he's you know, thanking his fans. Absolutely. The, yeah, the audio addict is his fans. And and he, you know, he just acknowledged that this this space has been dominated by women and I'm just trying it out. You know, thank you for giving me the, you know, the space and encouragement to do it. He had he had written a collaborative book with Lauren Blakely prior mm -hmm. to this. So it wasn't it wasn't his entirely his first book. It wasn't his, but it's his first solo book. There's a lot to be said for it. And it's also seems to me anyway, that it's it's a love letter to L.A., which is his hometown. You know, those places that he mentioned are real. They do exist. The ice cream shop that he took. Uh, that sounded Raven delicious. To. Yeah, that sounds totally delicious. And the next time I am in L.A., I'm going. And his rom-con isn't that in LA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's in Anaheim. Uh, that's in August, which is perfect time to get some ice cream. <laughs> that sounds like a good, sounds like a date. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we will be at RomCon, the the steamy lit con, August in uh, in Anaheim. We'll look forward to meeting you all there if you are attending. And both of us are going to be there for that one. So That'll we're be looking great forward fun. to it. Yeah. And okay, so side characters. My personal favorite was his niece, Lexi. Yeah. Yeah. Lexi was awesome. She, totally I mean, she adorable. Adorable, but also like with it, you know, she's just yeah. like, um, I don't know about you, Uncle Will. Okay, wait, never mind. I'm going to call you Uncle Liam because Uncle that's what. Liam. That's right. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the book, there is a scene. I won't say, I, I won't say anything else about it except that it's at Lexi's birthday and they've taken her to medieval times which is a place that actually exists it's it's i haven't a, been to that one but i've been to one in florida it's it's dinner theater meets the renaissance fair <laughs> you you have you have a full uh, a full dinner and at the same time you get to see a joust and you you're assigned uh, a knight to champion and you cheer for that night as they're going through the jousting. So real horses, real joust, the whole thing. And Lexi turns a bit bloodthirsty. It's actually kind of awesome. You know, she she totally Lexi like, is just yeah. a treat. I mean she is she's 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 I great. think my favorite moment with Lexi was when she's with with Will for some reason and they're out and about and they run into Raven. She instantly picks up on, I mean, she knew, she knew that he had done this thing, but she instantly picks up on, on the whole Uncle Liam. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she totally, she like steps right into wing woman role. I mean, she has. Right. And, and that girl's got some game. <laughs> she does. She's got mad game and she, you know, and but she wants what's best for for her and she thinks that this this great woman that he's in love with is the the real deal so he's he's like i'm gonna make it happen yep <laughs> and when his brother later accuses him of you know roping lexi into this i I was kind of mad at that because I'm like, uh, no, that girl did it all by herself. It's kind of insulting to kids in a way because you know, exactly. kids, kids are way smarter these ideas than... on their own. <laughs> they don't need kids really are way smarter help. and way more savvy and way, way more devious than we give them credit for. <laughs> exactly. And she is not above getting the adults around her to do what she wants. I mean, the oh, whole... No birthday party with everybody dressing like dragons and stuff oh yeah she is yeah magnificent she is she's wonderful and she's precocious without being obnoxious about it yes yes and i think that's what makes her great so yeah. she's precocious and but still delightful yeah but not a brat yeah. and no i don't know if this is part that you eyeball read or listened to, but can I just take a minute to appreciate Joe Arden's kid voices? I mean, they really are the best. He narrates 95% of the book. The other 5% is only for the the TikTok yeah. Raven. And right. those are voiced by Maxine Mitchell, um, mm -hmm. who is a frequent partner of Joe's. Yeah, she's 
she's great at it and they work well together but the rest of the voices all, all you know the rest of the narration is done by joe and his kid voices are just are just next level and yeah using our five pep rating system what do you give the chameleon effect by joe arden i think i will give it four cups i i think it was a solid solid book um there it was a great read it was really fun to read i i am probably not doing five cups because i think there's room for growth well i'm i'm really hoping that he does do uh another book that he is um, very talented i will give him yes. that, that he's he's a very talented guy i think that the book is great i just i it's a it's it's a solid first effort yeah and and as i said when i gave you this book to, when i assigned you this book to read it's it's that solid of an effort that he got me to read male uh, male authors you know that that's I... actually worth a half a cup more so uh, <laughs> I, I might raise it up to four and a half four and a half yeah. cups yeah because and and worth it because I will again admit to an extreme prejudice about this that I would not read male authors and I could always spot the male authors even when they were using a female name, a uh, pen name. But, you know, Joe really impressed me and and this really took off. So what, how, about, how many cups would you give it? I would also give it four and a half cups, uh, okay. the, probably taking a half cup only because I have seen the lie to them until you can't trope uh too many times and so yeah and i think that's kind of where my biggest my my biggest problem yeah and it wasn't really a problem it's just like i i know what's going to happen and you know i know they're going to get back together which spoiler alert they do um but (laughs) yeah but i mean i guess that's the genre spoiler alert though i mean if if all of these books have a happy ever after you know then then well, the they could be they going? could be both happy but not together. Then it's not a romance book, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's something else, Zana. Then that's something else, Zana. I think that goes to general fiction. Right. So we both give it four and a half cups for the Chameleon Effect by Joe Arden. Your next assigned reading, uh, Zana, is it's called Teach Me by Olivia Dade. And it's earlier uh, work of hers. It's part of her Marysburg series. And we will be uh, talking about Olivia Dade more on this podcast because she's a favorite author of mine. And she does a lot of characters that are body positive and as well as sex positive. So there's a lot of there's a lot of great reading to be had from there. But uh, but Teach Me was the first was the first book of hers that I found and read. Um, so I would, uh, I think this will be your assignment for the next time. And if, you great. Like, and if you would like to read along with Zana for uh, Teach Me by Olivia Dade, uh, please visit our website at cupandsaucybooks.com for links and show notes. And we'll include the link to uh, today's book as well. And you can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, Hive, TikTok, and Tumblr. Let us know if you have a book that you would like us to review on the show. And thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time when we interview another special guest from the world of books. And go on a few tangents. Happy reading. Happy reading.
Cheers. <laughs>